The Powers on Sports podcast is brought to you by TicketSmarter.com, Titan Home Lending, Print and Marketing Solutions, and our real estate agent in the state of Florida, Star Alvarado. Enjoy the podcast. Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. Okay. It is good. 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 To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The two one swung lane drive left field. One run is in. Here's Kevin Green. He's the run of the play. He is safe. Nice this is the Powers on Sports Podcast. All right, welcome in Powers on Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, down in Tampa. We are wrapping up the month of September in the college football world, little NFL. We're getting, to the, we're starting to get into the meat of the NFL schedule. Week four coming up here in the National Football League. Week five of the college football schedule. We got the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs right around the corner starting next week. We got the last little bit of the uh, of the wild card races going to wrap up, especially in the national, well, actually both leagues. There are some wild card races that in the division race that will go right down to the last day of the regular season. And we are going to get into the Major League Baseball playoffs next week. We will have a guest for you next week. Uh, Baseball-wise, I got a couple of guys, uh, notes out to a couple guys for do a little uh, Major League Baseball preview of the playoffs, so we'll have a little spot for you next week. So we got lots of stuff going on. We had a huge trade in the NBA earlier this week with the Damian Lillard situation getting uh, resolved. We'll talk about that in just a second. Um, We obviously have the NFL, and we had a wild week of college football last week. Uh, Florida State Clemson, Ohio State Notre Dame, uh, some coaching blunders in the NFL that I'm going to hit on here in just a second. So we got a wide, action-packed episode for you. We're going to have a guest. Uh, our guest this week is going to be J.P. Peterson, the host of the J.P. Peterson Show. Uh, he's, we're going to talk a little Florida State Clemson, some college football, some Major League Baseball, and we're going to get into the Ray, Tampa Bay Rays new stadium deal. Is the deal done? Is it the best place for the stadium? J.P. has been very involved in the, covering this story here in the Tampa Bay market. So we're going to get J.P.'s thoughts on the stadium deal and Stu Sternberg and such. Uh, so stay tuned for those uh, passionate comments that J.P. will have on the uh, raise in the stadium deal. So uh, if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button on your podcast platform. You can find us on Apple, Spreaker, Spotify, Google, all your favorite podcast platforms. You can find our video interviews on my YouTube channel, the Jason Power Sports channel on YouTube, uh, on Twitter at JPO Sports. Uh, you can also uh, find us. We'd love to hear from you, comments, suggestions, feedback, and such. We'd love to love to have, have you uh, chime in and let us know what you think we're doing, good or bad. So, again, appreciate you finding us. And... Um, Let's let let's 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 give a little shout out to Tito Francona, uh, Terry Francona, ma- ma- manager of the uh, Cleveland Indians. 
Uh, obviously, former manager of the Red Sox. Uh, full speculation and full confidence that he's going to retire at the end of this year in Cleveland. Uh, probably uh, he's had numerous health issues the last several years, kind of managing. Sounds like this might be the end of the run for, for Terry Francona. What a career. Obviously, the resurrection of the Red Sox winning that World Series coming back from 3-0 against the Yankees and, and the run he had there. Had some great years in Cleveland as well. Made the playoffs a couple of times in Cleveland. Um, so uh, if this is the end of the road for Terry Francona as a manager, probably a Hall of Fame managerial career, um, if not right on the right on the cusp. So uh, shout out to Terry Francona um, for his, uh, and he was also a little trivia note. I believe Terry Francona was the, uh, manager of the Birmingham Barons. I know he was a manager for the Birmingham Barons. I think he might have been the manager of the Barons when Michael Jordan rolled through uh, Birmingham during his baseball run. I will double-check that, but I think that's right, uh, that uh, Terry Francona was the manager for Jordan when he played baseball in Birmingham. And I was actually in Birmingham during that time. Uh, when Jordan was rolling through, uh, doing his during his baseball during his basketball retirement and doing his baseball career, so uh, a lot of history there with Terry Francona. All right, uh, again, Major League Baseball playoffs next week uh, are getting finalized here this weekend. The wild cards in the a, in the AL and the NL. You got basically Arizona, Chicago, Cincinnati, and Florida are battling it out for the in the in the National League and in the American League. It's kind of. Uh, Houston, Texas, Seattle are fighting it out uh, along with uh, those are the three three spots. One of those teams are going to win the division and potentially the other two are going to try are trying to make it as a wild card. So remember the the Rays are locked in as a wild card um, uh, in there. You got Toronto in the mix is pretty much locked in. So it's pretty much down to Seattle, uh, to, uh, Seattle, Houston and Texas vying for a division spot division title and one wild card spot in the national league you got you got Philadelphia is locked in you have the Braves the Dodgers the Brewers and then you have that last the last couple of spots uh are up for grabs with uh with the uh the central teams and the and teams out west and the teams in the east uh, Arizona my Arizona Florida and uh Cincinnati are all fighting for the last couple of wild card spots. So remember the wild card are, are three game series. All three games will be played at the home team's park. Uh, I believe they start on Tuesday. So you'll have a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So uh, the division the, the division winners, uh, the, the top two seeds in each league will get a, a get five or six days off and they'll start playing over the weekend. So uh, Atlanta, Dodgers, you got uh, Baltimore and you have um, – uh, the division winners out in the American League will have some time off there to get their pitching in order and all that. Interesting whether it's a good thing or a bad thing to have four to have five days off. Uh, there's there's arguments on both sides of the ledger on that, but you do get you get your pitching in order exactly how you want it, and uh, obviously you get some additional rest. But again, five days off in baseball is a long time, so we'll see how those rest times affect these teams. Shout out to Ronald Acuna. The first 40 home runs, 70 stolen base guy in MLB history. Most likely going to be the NL, NL MVP. So great year for Acuna and uh, ca capping it off with most likely an MVP season. Uh, and again, Acuna uh, is probably the uh, is a clear-cut five-tool player 
um, as well. So if you didn't see also uh, Mike Trout got shut down by the Angels. It'll be interesting to see what the Angels do with Mike Trout this offseason. A lot of speculation that he might ask for a trade and that they might they might accommodate him. You know, he was very emotional at the end of the, in the last week when they shut him down about how, how his, uh, his desire to win games. Obviously, you have the, the Otani situation and what's going to happen with Otani and free agency. He just had his arm surgery about a week or so back. So we'll see what happens with that. Does he stay in Anaheim? Does he go somewhere else? We know he's not going to pitch next year, but he should be available to, to, to DH next year. And how will that uh, scenario uh, affect his free agency dollars and such there? So baseball will have their little, uh, will have their heyday here in the next couple of weeks. So it'll be uh, baseball will be competing against the NFL and college football. So we'll see how that uh, unfolds. Not good for baseball for the TV rays that you don't have a lot of big markets in the playoffs. No Yankees, probably not any any Chicago markets. You will have it. You will have Los Angeles. You will have Philadelphia. You will have Atlanta, but you won't have uh, the New York markets. Uh, you won't have the the Cubs or the White Sox most likely. So it'll be interesting to see how, and no Red Sox as well either. So it'll be interesting to see how the the TV ratings uh, trickle down through the playoffs here with some of the smaller market teams that are going to be in the playoffs. So, uh, so there's your baseball update. All right, um, NBA trade, huge trade in the NBA. Damian Lillard gets shipped to Milwaukee to pair up with Giannis. That will be a uh, magnificent pairing there. Uh, all the speculation was that he was going to go to Miami, that he was uh, the only place he was going to go. Then there was some chatter early in the week that he was going to go to Toronto potentially. But give credit to Milwaukee. They pulled the trigger. They bring in Damian Lillard. They send uh, Drew Holiday to Portland. Portland also gets DeAndre Ayton from Phoenix as part of this deal. Uh, most likely look for Drew Holiday to get uh, to get flipped again to somebody else to a contender, a team like Miami potentially. Um, so Drew Holiday probably will not end up in Portland very long. Uh, training camps for most of these teams start in the next uh, week or so. So you'll see some uh, activity on the uh, transaction front, most likely out of Portland here in the next few days as far as Drew Holiday is concerned. So, But again, a big move for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. That's also going to be a huge move to keep Giannis in Milwaukee. There Again, there was some chatter that potentially Giannis could maybe look to go somewhere else after the year if the Bucks didn't make a big move. But you can't fault the Bucks. They, they, they went all in here with Dame Lillard, who's under contract for several more years to uh, retain uh, Giannis and, and Milwaukee will be the clear favorite. Uh, not the clear favorite, but they will be the favorite in the Eastern Conference with Giannis and Dame Lillard, followed by Boston, maybe Miami, maybe Philadelphia. But uh, huge move for the Milwaukee Bucks in that franchise and that market to bring Dame Lillard to Milwaukee. So uh, we'll see what uh, Portland does next. And then uh, it's a good move for Phoenix, too. You, you rid yourself of that Aiton contract. who He just signed a huge extension last year in Phoenix. They weren't enamored with Aiton. And now uh, Nurkic, the big man from Portland, will now go to Phoenix, which we'll see if Phoenix can now pair that together. Remember, they have Durant. They have Booker. Nurkic will be a good uh, glue guy, fill-in guy there as well. So um, we'll see how that affects Phoenix's ability to compete in the West, which I think that'll help Phoenix, actually. So, um, again, we'll, as, as the NBA season gets underway, we'll, we'll get into some more NBA chatter. But that was the big NBA uh, bombshell that hit on Wednesday of this week. So National Football League, obviously week four coming up. Um, 
Teams are starting to separate themselves. Obviously, you got the 49ers and the Eagles in the NFC. Eagles with a big win Monday night. You got the Cowboys get beat by Arizona, kind of knock them down. And then, and then uh, San Francisco's 3-0. AFC had a tremendous effort by the Dolphins, scoring 70 against Denver. They're 3-0. Um, I think they might be the only – no, yeah, I think they're the only 3-0 team in the AFC. Got a lot of two and one teams in the AFC. Obviously, you got the Jets quarterback situation. They bring in Trevor Simeon. That is that's that's a worthless move. You can hear the rumblings coming out of New York. Joe Namath with the big with the hard comments. There's chatter that the, that locker room is starting to fracture. If you keep rolling out Zach Wilson, I don't understand why the Jet why the Jets aren't making a more serious run at Kirk Cousins. Again, Minnesota's now 0-3. They're not making the playoffs at 0-3 most likely. Um, if they lose another game this week at 0-4, I think you will see the Kirk Cousins uh, chatter really heat up uh, in Minnesota as far as the Jets go. A couple other names. I, I'm surprised the Jets didn't didn't explore Case Keenum. He's he's the he's a backup in Houston. He's got some proven winning experience as a, as a guy. I just don't think Trevor Simeon's a, uh, is a legit ball is a legit guy. Again, is Case Keenum the answer uh, to win a Super Bowl? Probably not. But I think you don't have to have great quarterback play with that defense. But if you're the Jets defense, stop talking and start playing. I'm tired of this Jet defense talking, and you've gotten lit up the last couple of weeks. I know they didn't get torched by the Patriots, but they lost. They gave up too many points. If you're the Jet defense and you're you're all you're claiming you're as good as you think you are, step up to the pump, get busy. A brutal matchup this week with Kansas City on Sunday Night Football. Probably going to lose that game to go to one and three, but. Uh, you can't keep rolling Zach Wilson out there. If he does not have marked improvement this week, you have to play Trevor Simeon starting in week five uh, if you're the New York Jets. So a um, couple interesting coaching uh, decisions in, in, in football in both NFL and college last week. What, what are you doing, Josh McDaniels? You cannot kick a field goal down eight points with four with two and a half minutes to go in the game when you're on the eight-yard line. Fourth and four, you have to go for it if you're the Raiders and Josh McDaniels. You can't kick a field goal there. At worst, if you don't make it, you, you keep Pittsburgh on the eight-yard line. You have all your timeouts. You cannot kick a field goal there and then not, never get the ball back, and you lose by five points to the, to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Down on Josh McDaniels there. Garoppolo's in concussion protocol, so we'll see what if he's able to play this weekend. But more problems in Vegas with the Raiders. Don't again another. Don't be surprised if in another couple weeks, if things don't improve in Vegas, that you hear some Devontae Adams to get me the hell out of Vegas uh, uh, talk coming out of Vegas with Devontae Adams because he's not going to waste another year of his career, I don't think, in Vegas if things aren't aren't showing some marked improvement. So again. Uh, be 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 ready for the Devontae Adams wants out of Vegas uh, talk here another week or two if things don't get better in Vegas. Brandon Staley dodges a bullet of all bullets in Minnesota last week. He goes for it on fourth and one at his own 29 and doesn't make it. I don't have the biggest problem if you go for it, but you can't run a fullback dive. Run the quarterback push play that the Eagles have mastered and that everybody around the league masters that never gets stopped. You got a guy six foot five, two hundred and forty pounds. Run the ball right off your center's butt. Have all your guys push Herbert for the first down, and you win the game. Don't run a fullback dive that gets blown up in the backfield. They get a break of all breaks. That Kirk Cousins and Kevin O'Connell botch the the, the the clock a little bit there at the end, which leads to the interception in the end zone, and somehow the Chargers escape Minnesota with a win. 
I'm firmly convinced Brandon Staley might have been fired after the game if they if they lose that game. They do have a bye week coming up in week five. Um, I think Brandon Staley got the break of all breaks. I think he'd have lost his job either in week either after the game or in the bye week had they not had they not won that game in Minnesota. So, um, and also Dabo Sweeney got to give him a uh, thumbs down. You know, overtime against Florida State, third and one, and the quarterback audibles to a screen pass, uh, which loses two yards and then end up not making it on fourth down. You have to make the call there if you're Dabo Sweeney to not allow your quarterback to audible there. You got a basically a sophomore quarterback, inexperienced guy. You're running the ball at Florida State very well. Um, problems at Clemson. They you miss a 29-yard field goal that could have won the game against Florida State. You lose in overtime. You're now 0-2 in the conference. You're out of the out of the the the, the uh, CFP playoff race. You got a tricky game this week at Syracuse. Potential big problems at Clemson with Dabo Sweeney developing. He's not been a proponent of the uh, transfer portal. Their talent level is not what it what it was four or five years ago. Uh, they do not have elite players on the offensive side of the ball, especially. They got a good defense. Give them full credit. But uh, Dabo Sweeney has got some questions he's having to answer at Clemson, and I'm sure a restless fan base at Clemson as well. So. Picks for the week. I'm going to give you three picks. Went 3-0 last week. Um, I'm going to give you three picks this week. I like Buffalo against the Dolphins on Sunday. Give me Buffalo minus the three. I think the Dolphins coming off the uh, 70-point explosion, uh, going up to Orchard Park with an AFC East showdown. I think Buffalo will be able to contain that offense a little bit. I think it'll be a 34-24 kind of game. I think Buffalo's playing much better, especially defensively. They went to Washington last week and hammered the commanders. The defense had seven or eight sacks, four or five turnovers. Uh, really good. I know. I know Washington is not the Miami Dolphins, but I think you saw a blueprint a couple weeks ago that uh, Bill Belichick showed that you can contain that Miami do- that uh, offense a little bit. I think the windy conditions potentially at Orchard Park can affect two a little bit. So I like Buffalo in an AFC East showdown, laying the three against the uh, Miami Dolphins. I also like the Giants on Monday night as a pick 'em against the Seahawks, coming off the kind of the mini buy. I think the uh, uh, I think you're going to see a different Giants team at home. Seattle cross-country trip. They've won two in a row, but I do think the Giants look for Darren Waller to be much more involved. Probably not going to have Saquon Barkley. Another Here's a name to be aware of. I think you're going to see more involved as we move forward. Jalen Hyatt, speed receiver out of Tennessee, rookie, wide receiver for the Giants. They're going to find a way to get him more involved. So I like the Giants on Monday night. Uh, as a pick at home at MetLife. Uh, in my third game of the week, I'm going to take Kentucky. Uh, the Wildcats in the college football are playing the Gators. That's basically a minus one-point game in Lexington. I think Kentucky gets it done versus the Gators in an SEC game on uh, Saturday afternoon in Lexington. So uh, Buffalo, the Giants, and Kentucky are my three picks for the week. Uh, went three and zero last week, and uh, things are going good on the front. Been 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 seeing it pretty good. Uh, again, JP Peterson coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Talking college football, talking a little NFL, talking a little Ray Stadium deal. So enjoy the chat. JP Peterson hosted the JP Peterson Show. We'll be back in just a minute. And now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market to purchase your first time home, relocate to the state of Florida? 
or just purchased that second home or investment property? Well, if so, Titan Home Lending can help you get financing for that new home purchase. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205-790-1404, and I can help you get pre-approved in less than one day. A pre-approval is critical in order to make that offer on your home. You want to know how much of a home you can make an offer on, and getting a pre-approval will allow you to do that. From an FHA, VA, conventional loan, jumbo loan, bank statement loans, there are numerous loan options out there to help you get into your house of your dreams. You can also renovate. You can do a renovation loan, which will allow you to make home improvements and finance the costs into the loan. So reach out to Titan Home Lending anywhere in the state of Florida for your next home purchase, 205-790-1404. Now a word from our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions, as well as Star Alvarado, our realtor here on the podcast. If you have any buying and selling needs anywhere in the Bay Area, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She can help you on the selling side or the buying side of any real estate transaction here in the Tampa Bay area. From St. Pete to Tampa to Wesley Chapel and anywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. And Print and Marketing Solutions, my guy Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located on the corner of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. Todd can help you with all of your print and supply needs, corporate events, golf tournaments, signs and banners, marketing pieces, color copies, anything in between. Todd is your print and marketing specialist. Again, print and marketing specialist, Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Well, the fall football season and fall sports calendar is finally here. And there's no better place to buy your tickets, for whether it's for the NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, or any sporting event in between in the, in the fall months of August through December, than Ticketsmarter.com. Ticketsmarter is your secondary market place to go for all of your sports ticket needs, whether it's the NHL coming up, Major League Baseball, college football, your favorite NFL team, whatever it is. Ticketsmarter.com is the place to go. And for your first time purchase, you will get $10 off your first $100 order. All you have to do is use the code POWERS10. Again, go to Ticketsmarter.com and use the code POWERS10 to enjoy $10 off your first order of $100 or more. That's Ticketsmarter.com for all of your ticket needs this fall. All right, welcome in Powers on Sports Podcast. Remember, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms. If you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button, rate and review, tell your friends about the podcast. Got a great guest for you right now. We're going to talk some NFL, little college football, new stadium for the Rays finally, and no better person to talk all things sports world, longtime sports media member, both in the Tampa Bay area and nationwide, Mr. J.P. Peterson, host of the J.P. Peterson Show. Mr. Peterson, welcome. Jason, how are you, my friend? Don't ever call me Mr. Peterson, ever. Dom <laughs> ever. Peterson, is that Peterson from? Oh, uh, Peterson, yes. How from about Ferris Bueller? Yes, absolutely. 
How are uh, you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You were in the building last night. Give me a quick thought on the Monday night game, Philly and the Bucks. Obviously, Philly kind of shows their interior dominance with their uh, power, offensive and defensive lines. But the Bucks didn't play terrible. But that Philly was clearly a notch above, a notch better than the Buccaneers last night. First of all, way too many Philly fans. Way <laughs> too many Philly fans. It might have been 60-40 Philly last night, which is disgusting, quite honest. But in this economy where you could sell those tickets for four or five hundred bucks a pop, I guess, yep. you know, I don't you can't get too mad at Buccaneer fans taking a huge profit. And you know, and I saw a lot of fans, you know, tweeting out, hey, listen, I don't want to go sit in the middle of a bunch of Philly fans, you know, and, and watch my team get their ass kicked. I can't blame them, you know. I mean, that's I, I don't know what the answer is, but that's shameful. That's shameful that there's that many fans in your stadium on a Monday night and your fans are afraid to actually go to their own stadium. Right. Whatever. Well, I don't know what's wrong, how to fix that because I can't get mad at people for taking money, especially in this crappy economy we have right now. Thanks Joe. Um, but anyway, it's, <laughs> it's, that was shameful. I, I, I had no, no feeling whatsoever. The Bucs were going to win this game. Um, you know, they were good. That's an elite team on both sides of the line of scrimmage, offensive line and defensive line are just elite. And that's yeah. why the, that's why the Eagles, I think, are the best team in the NFC, uh, they and the 49ers. So I wasn't fooled by that. Um, I thought the Bucs had opportunities after opportunities to make plays, and they did not. Mike Evans drops a huge first down uh, pass in the first first uh, drive. He yeah. catches that ball. The, the, the uh, defender's falling down. He may get another 20. They may be at the 10-yard line. Right. You're you're scoring the place is going nuts and you're and you're ready to to take the lead. Yep. He drops a touchdown pass in the second quarter. That ball hits him right in the chest. And by the way, why are you falling back into the end zone? Right. Why are you not attacking that football? Right. And and, and so that was a drop. He made the great one-handed catch and oh great, but he those other three drops were killer drops. They were. J- Jamel Dean, my God, what are you doing, bro? Like you, you drop an interception that leads to the field goal at halftime. That ball's right in your hands. Catch it. Yep. You know, two minutes earlier, Jalen Hurts has all day to throw the football because Shaq Barrett's dropping out in coverage on third and ten. Make that make sense? And he's got he's in perfect position with uh, Zacchaeus, and for some ungodly reason, he just takes a horrible ankle instead of picking it off, which it should have been that wobbler of a pass. It, it, he get, lets it go over his head for a touchdown? Wow, horrible. Devin White, what are you doing? You, you, He throws it right to you. You have a pick six, and I understand he had a groin injury. Dude, if you can be out there running around playing football and you decide to walk off out of bounds instead of trucking the quarterback, Vita Vea is leading the way. He right. doesn't hit Jalen Hurts. What, what, what are we doing? Like that was the that was a chance to turn the entire game. He throws it right to you, and I don't care if you have a groin injury or not. Stick your foot in the dirt if you're going fifty percent half speed and try and run him over. It's or the wait for the DB to come and pitch it to him. Wait yes. for the DB come and pitch it to the DB. Do something. Don't yep. walk out of bounds for God's right. sakes, avoiding contact from a quarterback. Right. Maybe he was, uh, you know, going back to his social media in the off season, how much he wanted to go play for the Eagles. <laughs> Maybe he was trying to, you know, curry favor with Philadelphia. That was that was brutal. And listen, if if he's too injured that he he can't run over a quarterback, yeah. get him off the field. Right. Get him, that's on Todd Bowles. Because let me tell you what, Devin White. I, I guess you could say it was a, a gut gritty performance to play injured, 
But for me, for my money, that's on Todd Bowles. And KJ Britt, I don't care how bad he is. You can't have a guy out there that's just catching guards all night long. They're running huge chunks. What good is it when a team's running for 250 yards, whatever they had rushing, right. 130 for DeAndre Swift? They clearly targeted him before the game in the run game and the pass game. So, you know, if he's not healthy, get him off the field. Because I'm going to tell you what, that, that tape he put out last night ain't getting him $20 million a year. Yeah, I can tell you that right now. Is San Francisco and Philly the best two teams in the NFC for your money, or is Dallas still in that mix? Oh, no, Dallas, you know. You just lost to the Cardinals, bro. And you were down <laughs> 20, what, 28 to tw- whatever it was? Yeah. The Card- the Cardinals aren't as bad as people think they are. Which, by the way, for all you Buccaneer fans that want to tank, and, you know, Arizona's play tanking, please. tanking doesn't work because yeah. the coaches and the players don't buy in. Yes. The organization, you know, see Brian Flores. See, it's just, you know, it doesn't work. And even if you get the number one pick – Who's to say that guy's going to be a lock as the best quarterback anyway? See Jameis Winston, see a hundred other guys. Um, so yeah, it's. It, but Dallas is not that team. They're not that team. The, the as physical as that Philly team is, and San Francisco. Team, yeah, I don't see anybody beating them. And by the way, how bad does Brian Flores look week after week with Tua doing what he's doing and Flores is benching him back in the day and putting up, you know, and that's that's not a good look for Brian Flores as a future head coach. Was it was Tua there when Flores was yes, there? Yes, yes. He, he benched yeah, him. He kept taking year. him in and out of the lineup. That's yep. right. Yeah. Kept benching him. And talk to me about the Miami, Miami uh story. I mean, just an electric offense down there. What a play caller McDaniel's turning into. And they're getting just enough defense. This is a real team if if Tua stays upright. Yeah, that's a big question. Uh, I think I saw a graphic from ESPN, the six fastest clocked players yeah. runs all Miami Dolphins, but all yeah. uh, three Tyreek Hill, uh, Mostert, and A-Chain, they're, they're running back. Right. Wow. Yeah, that team can fly. But I'm going to tell you what. I still say, Jason, physicality wins in this league. And I'll uh, you if the Eagles – or the 49ers played the Dolphins right now, they knocked the crap out of them and they knocked the speed right off the cheetah. So I'll give me those, give me those teams over the flash and dash of Miami. It's nice to throw up 70. You look pretty, you look fast, but I'll take the more physical teams any day of the week. Miami, yeah. Miami ain't running the table. I no. don't think they're gonna be they're a good football team. They can score points, but give me the give me the more physical teams. And everybody thought coming into this year the AFC was going to be so great. And from, you know, 1 to 10, you know, the best two teams in the league might be in the NFC with San Francisco and Philadelphia, you know. And, and obviously the AFC is wide open. They've got a lot of good teams, but I don't see a dominant team in the AFC. Well, the Bengals just don't look right with the right. Burroughs hurt. So let's let's give them a little bit of a pass. They got the win last night. Their defense played really, really well. They were 0-2 last year, so I'm not going to – Throw them out, uh, Burroughs. Baltimore, Baltimore's in. The Ravens, wow. You lose to the Colts. I thought the Ravens were the pick this year, but the fact is their defense is not that good. Right. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be a little wild for Todd Munkin and Lamar to get on the same page, their new offensive coordinator. So I'm not going to, you know, we're still only three weeks into the NFL season, but that one's a little bit of a head scratcher. I don't think Kansas City's great. You know, I think they've lost a lot of depth over the yep. years. Um, but, uh, you know, of course. You got the showdown this week, Buffalo and Miami up in Orchard Park, which will be yeah. a really, really good game. And Buffalo's coming. Their defense is starting to play. 
Yeah, Buffalo um, looked really good last week. The Commanders are not a terrible team. No. And they, they, they made them look like a terrible football team. That was an ass kicking. Um, Buffalo, and, and here, you know, I think Josh Allen had to come to Jesus meeting with himself. And he, you know, if he doesn't turn the ball over, Buffalo's a tough team to beat. They got to run the football better. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write them off just yet. And what a, I mean, in, in through three weeks, Cleveland is on a historic defensive pace. I mean, what a what a job by Miles Garrett, Jim Schwartz. Can Deshaun Watson be just good enough with that offense to get them to 21 points a game? Because if they can score 21 points a game against that defense, that's going to be a tough out as well. Like I said with the Jets, the Jets will figure out how to jet. Somehow <laughs> get Aaron Rodgers, do whatever you can, but they'll figure out how to screw it up, right? And I know it was an injury. But it was right. an injury because, you know, on the fourth play from scrimmage, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is running for his life under a, behind a horrific offensive line. Right. I feel the same way about Cleveland. Cleveland will find a way to screw. They've had a good defense. Look, you know, they could they could still have Baker Mayfield and a lot of draft picks and a lot more money to spend with on other players. Right. And they gave up on him and and went and got Deshaun Watson, who's awful. He is awful. Maybe he'll regain his form. But maybe he's just lost his mojo. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Give me, give me one sleeper team in both conferences, NFC, AFC, that you like through three weeks. Uh, well, I, you know, I would have said the Bucks before last night, but I wasn't fooled. I knew they were going to lose that game. I still think the Bucks can win the division. I do too. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the Cardinals were kind of eye-opening, but um, AFC, I'll say Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh good enough to be a factor. I thought so. You know, I like Kenny Pickett. I like him, but that week two performance was a little yeah. startling. Um, but then again, uh, San Francisco is pretty good. Um, yeah, I'd say Pittsburgh. I, okay. I still, I still, if we can call them a sleeper, I'll say Pittsburgh. All right, let's go to let's go to a subject I know you have a strong thought on. <laughs> Finally, the Rays get a stadium deal. And no, no, Jason, it got no. it's I not agree. done. We've okay. done. Listen, don't take the bait. <laughs> the Times told you that it's done. Doesn't mean it's done. All right, tell us, y'all. Give us, give us the details then. Tell, tell well, us. The listen, story. it's probably more done than any of the other okay. that said they were done. Like, right? They're they're doing the split city. We're okay. doing the e-board thing. We're doing this. We're doing that. It's always same old from Stu. Right? He gets up at the podium and you know, and everybody cheers, and then he says, "No, I don't want to pay for it." So they've got. Um, Six, I think six votes that they still have to go through in the county and city process. Uh, a lot of the um, councilmen and city uh, and, and, and county folks still haven't seen the numbers. They still haven't seen. I saw some 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 guys saying the other day that the public money input may be 900 million, 900 million, 600 million. Like, OK, that's a little bit different. So now you're going to give a billion dollars in public funding to a man who's being sued for uh, fiduciary fraud as, 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 as are all these politicians willing to stand up and at some point, maybe someone in the media is going to ask the mayor, you want to give a billion dollars or $900 million in public money to a man who's crapped all over your city for a decade. Who's told you you're not a major league market. Who's held up the development in St. Petersburg for more than five years where they could have already been doing stuff there and getting jobs for it done things for a hell of a lot less money than it's going to cost you now. This guy who's held up that development for so long and has not been a good corporate citizen, all of a sudden all these politicians are, are kissing his ass. 
And then are they going to answer the questions? Are real okay? Now you're you're selling the land at a discount to Stu Sternberg, really? <laughs> and, and and what's that deal look like? Are these all these politicians going to go back to tell the voters that you're going to give a billion dollars of public money to this guy? Really? Okay. Let's see what the details are. And let's see if these politicians really have the stomach. Once, you know, I'm guessing at some point, the media will put this out to the people, what the numbers really look like. And, not, and, and you think the people of Pinellas County are on board with that? I don't think so. I don't think so. So I, I, th I don't think these this rubber stamping of uh, of the vote is a given. And also, let me ask you this, Jason. Have you heard anything from the commissioner? I haven't. How is it that, that there's a huge stadium announcement and the commissioner of baseball isn't standing right beside Stu Sternberg? Not only was he not standing beside him, he hasn't made a peep public about it. Public comment, yep, right. Not one public comment. You find that a little bit interesting? It is. You no, know for a fact that Major League Baseball does not want that stadium in St. Petersburg. So, and, so and, they have to, and they have to put a blessing on this. The owners have yep. to have approve to, it. I don't know if it's up for a vote, but they have to approve where this new stadium is going to go. So I'm just going to give you a nice Lee Carso, not so fast, my friends, on this deal. For what you know, what is the big holdup about not having the stadium deal in, on the Tampa side? What is the, what is the big, what's been the big, has it been Sternberg's investment into the project? Has that been the, has that been the sticking point? Here's the reason. Uh, Tampa's uh, offer has not even been considered by the race because it's not enough upfront money for him. It's only $150 million upfront. And he knows he can get 600 to evidently 900 million from St. Petersburg. Okay. And for him, the deal is all upfront because he wants to sell the team. He right. wants to get a stadium deal done, which will increase the value of the team right. and then sell the team and, and take all the money and run and also get the development rights, which he's given to Heinz, his partner. And I mean, I don't, <laughs> there's a lot of devil in the details. He knows he can make a crap ton more money in St. Petersburg on the front end and then get the hell out of town, leaving us with a stadium in the wrong, in the wrong area. And right. this is, this is why I'm saying folks don't fall for this. And do not let, don't not allow him to do it. And I don't think Major League Baseball is going to allow him to do it. So, I listen. I could be wrong on this, but there's a lot of there's a lot of things about this deal that don't don't add up to me. So we and we shall see. And I think Tampa has a they have a viable option. They have, but the Rays won't listen, and Stu will not bargain in good faith, and he never has. He never has. It's all about him. It's not about what's best for Tampa Bay baseball fans. It's not about what's best for the Rays. It's about what's best for him. And I don't think Major League Baseball wants that to, to have a, a, have them build another stadium in a failed location where their owners are still going to have to write them revenue sharing checks. I don't think they're interested in that. And for those who leaving this market. Yeah, and for those of you that don't know the details, the new stadium is projected to be built basically right next to the old stadium, not on the water. It's not like it's a pristine setting. It's the same location. They're going to build some stuff kind of like Atlanta has with Battery Park, some retail and some condos, things like that is all part of the deal. So, you know. Which is great. This is the, that's the concept to go with. But that doesn't change the fact that Monday through Thursday, 87% right. of your market can't get across right. the bridge. They're just not – it's not that they don't want to. It's like it's during the week. We're not – you know, it takes an hour, an hour and a half at least. Rush hour, try, right. Yeah, it's just it's not going to happen. So if you want to exclude 75 percent of your market from midweek games, go ahead. But I don't think that's a real smart idea.
That's not going to change no matter how nice the stadium is, no matter how nice the things are around it. That's not going to change. Like I said, it'd be very interesting in the next couple of months as far as all these votes and city councils. And because remember, half because people don't rem- realize this, half the money's coming from the city of St. Pete and the other part's coming from the county. So it's not all, it's mul- lots of different people have to vote on multi layered. Yeah, multi layered. So, yep. Yeah, so stay tuned if you're a baseball fan and obviously a, a fan of the race because the stadium deal is not, not a sure thing. All right, let's let's slide over to the college football world. A couple things we'll get you out of here. What'd you think of the uh, obviously a great college weekend, Florida State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Ohio State? Give me your th- just give me a thought or two about the, those two games. Well, Florida State gets a huge win at Clemson. That was, you know, four years in the coming and coming for Mike Norvell, probably two years quicker than I thought it would be. Um, you know, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And they went down to Clemson and got a win, played their C-plus game probably, and still got the win. It's a tough place to play. Clemson's not as bad as people think they are. Uh, that was a that was a hell of a win in a hostile environment. And, you know, no, Jordan Travis was beat up. He couldn't run. They knew it. Um, they were pretty limited offensively to jump balls. They couldn't get the running game going. But I thought it was a gutsy effort. That team fights its ass off. A um, couple blunders by Clemson. That's okay. It's happened before to yep. FSU. So a huge, huge win for them. They get a week off. We get the benefit them. of a missed kick. Yes, we get the benefit of a missed kick. Yes. Wide left, baby. Let's ne- <laughs> let never let them forget. I felt bad for that kid for about yeah. five seconds, but yeah. it didn't last. Um, yeah, we've been there and it was uh, but hey, that's that's football. And then you got to go out and make it make get the win. Great, great throw to Keon Coleman in the corner yeah. in overtime. And then, you know, Clemson kind of shot themselves in the foot there a little bit. But, okay, we'll take that win. You not apologize for going on no. the road to Clemson and getting a win. So that was huge. Boy, how does Notre Dame lose that game with 10 guys on the oh field? Oh, my God. Place? Are you kidding me? Wow. And Notre Dame's good enough to, to get to the playoff. And yeah. that's good. Boy, Marcus Freeman, I think he's a great young coach. Uh, he'll he'll be a great recruiter, but man, you cannot have lapses like that late in the game. That was that was inexcusable. How do you not have some kind of signal for somebody to fall down? And act like you're hurt. Act something. like you have a cramp. Something. Something. They like, yeah, stop that's... play. How do you not? How does that not happen? I, I, you know, he comes out Monday and says, "Oh, we're going to put in a signal now to take a penalty if we only got ten. Are you kidding me, dude? That's that. That's awful. That was awful. Oh man! But hey, and then uh, Colorado gets their clock cleaned. I yeah. Saw that. Kind of, yeah. I saw some stuff on uh, Colorado or actually Oregon put out a video today. I, I retweeted it about all the all the junk that Colorado players were talking before the game and yeah. some nasty stuff. And, uh, and so yeah, that was a little you know f around and see what happens to Colorado. Because they uh, they got their clock clean. I think Oregon, you know, they tried to at least from the video I saw. Of course, they edited it so um, that it was a lot of crap talking by Colorado players, uh-huh. and that fired up Oregon. And I think it also fired up Dan Lanning for that pregame speech. Oh yeah, he was spot on. So anybody oh, yeah. with a problem with that speech has never been in a leadership position. Number one, that's right. And, you know, and then you know, and Prime was right after the game. He's like, yeah, you better get me now because this is the worst we're gonna be. He's right. gonna be. He's gonna have a hell of a program. He'll be at Colorado for two years, then maybe it's Alabama or some blue blood program he'll get. But uh, uh, yeah, that's the future of college football, folks. It's, it's yeah. Coach Prime. Yeah, it's, yeah, no, no doubt about it. He's, he's he made a lot of headlines, and I'll give him credit. He took his humble pie. He admitted yep. he got his ass kicked on Saturday. He wasn't 
you know, but he made a great point. Get us now because we're going to do nothing. Once we get some linemen, look That's out. Right. That's right. Yeah, he's going to he's going to be the best recruiter in the game. And guess what? This just in recruiting Jimmy and John national championship. He'll get he's got good coordinators. Um, you know, he brings in the NIL money. He's the best businessman and showman in college football. Yeah. That, that's all. And with the the transfer portal and NIL, that's always going to be a recipe for success. So if you think, you know, Deion Sanders a flash in the pan and he's not going to be successful, I will vehemently disagree with you. No, I agree. I agree. And one other thing on college football, I think it's good. It's good for the sport this year that you probably have eight to 10 teams that can win it all. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's not just not a two team horse race. NIL people said was going to, you know, was going to make the richer richer. And I said, no, 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 no. Cause money is an even playing field, right? If now Tulane can afford, if you got one, one booster with a billionaire and wants to spend money, they can both buy players just like Alabama can because all these SMU taking yeah. no money to go to the ACC, they're yeah, funding because, it themselves, right? Because they just they know they just got to have a platform like Dion, right? right? Get a Power Five platform. Yep. We'll play. We'll pay the freight for the NIL. You know, well, because we're we're sixty million short of TV money. Fine, here's a check. You yep. know, for some people, that's that's you know they got the money. Let them do it. But that's yep. that's even the playing field. So you're going to see that's why there's more parity now, because all these teams have great facilities, right? Yep. Some a little bit better than others. But now, if you know, if I'm getting a million dollars from SMU, that's just as good as that million dollars from Alabama. So uh, I think it's very interesting how that the parity is com- coming more to college football because of the portal and NIL. And the SEC is clearly not the dominant conference this year. They've got good oh, teams. The not Pac-12 great. is. How is the last year of the Pac-12? They're the best conference in football. How crazy is that? I know. That is sick. Well, JP, great work, man. Tell them where they can find all your great work online. You can find JP on fan, at FanStreamJP on X and Twitter. Tell all the great folks where they can find your show. Yeah, just Google the JP Peterson Show. We're on all the podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify. Please subscribe. We do two hours live every day, 10 to 12, Tampa Bay sports-centric stuff. We're an independent voice. We're not corporate media at all. So all this crap that I'm talking here, we talk every day uh, and plus stuff you won't hear other places, quite frankly. So uh, join us each and every day from 10 to 12. We're live and then uh, on the podcast platforms as well. Well, JP, great work, man. We'll be, we'll be in touch as we move through the football season and let's get our bucks to a playoff. Can we get our, I think that's going to happen. A great, great show. Just like us, you guys are an independent voice. I love it. Um, Keep doing what you're doing. Good stuff. And how about we how about we seeing Jameis this week in New Orleans? How about oh that? Oh my God, that's gonna be the best. <laughs> that is gonna be so much fun. The Jameis Bowl and Nola. Oh man. Uh so, watch out. You know, he can people yeah. want to jump on him. He can play. He can play. You think the Jets wouldn't love to have him right now? I, I don't know why they didn't go get him. How stupid are they? Well, they're really stupid. We, they are really when you're bringing in Trevor Simeon, you're really stupid. Oh my god. Well, good luck. Good luck to them. And uh, I can't wait for this game in uh, New Orleans. It's going to be fun. Keep up the great work, man. We'll be in touch. Same to you, Jason. Thanks, buddy. Got it. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues, and we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.